here will be open today to hear the word of the Lord as well. All these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and for the glory of God and all of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may continue to stand this morning as we honor the reading of the word of the Lord, beginning in the book of Mark this morning, chapter number 14. Uh, as we continue the message that we began last Sunday morning. Well, let's read it again. Chapter 14 of St. Mark and the third began at, the, uh, at verse number three. It says, And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he, speaking of Jesus, as he or Jesus sat at the table, a woman came, having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. There were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me you do not always have. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Using for my subject as we continue the message today, break the seal. And may the Lord add his richest blessing to the reading and the ministry of the word of the Lord. And you may be Reseated this morning. Well, as I've already stated, I'll say one more time. Today we are going to continue and we are going to conclude the message that we began last Sunday entitled Break the Seal. Now, in the story that we read just a moment ago, we find there Jesus sitting at a table. There he is in the, in the house of a man identified as Simon the leper. Doesn't say anything about Simon the leper. Uh, but probably this man was uh, one of many who was healed by Jesus of his leprosy. Well, the Bible says that, we don't know, but sometime as they were there, perhaps sharing a meal together, but, but that an unidentified woman appears. The Bible says that this woman takes a very expensive bottle of perfumed oil and The Bible says that she proceeds to break the seal on the bottle and pour the entire contents of the bottle of perfume on the head of the Lord Jesus Christ. As I look through this little story, I I quickly find five things here. I'm not saying that is all that is there. There's much, much more. That is what is so awesome and incredible about the Word of the Lord, isn't it? No matter how many times that you read a story, no matter how many times you go through it, but just about every time you will see something that you did not see before. So I'm not saying this is all that uh, of the content in this story, but there are five things that I see and I want to point out to you today. Well, we talked about the first one. That's as far as we got last Sunday morning. I had some of you people worried when I was 30 minutes into the sermon and we were still on point one and I could see that the natives were getting restless. But the first thing that I see in this story, we talked about it last Sunday, but some of you were not here last Sunday, so I want to share with you again. And, and, and some of you that were here last Sunday, you've already forgot, so let me, let me get us all caught up. The first thing that I see in the story, it is what I call the contribution and it's found in verse number three. Let's read it one more time. Being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as Jesus sat at the table, a woman came, having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard, and notice then she broke the flask 
and poured it on his head. Now we understand that this bottle of, uh, of spikenard or this bottle of perfumed oil that, that this woman poured out on the head of the Lord Jesus Christ was valued at approximately a year's wages for a common laborer. In other words, if you were a common laborer in those days, it would take an entire year's salary in order for you to buy this bottle of perfume. So this was not some cheap bottle of perfume, but it was a very costly and a very valuable, valuable bottle of perfume. The Bible says that this woman was willing to break the seal on the bottle and she was willing not just to pour out a drop or two, but she was willing to pour out everything that she had in this bottle on the head of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the obvious question to me is what do we have bottled up? What is it that we have bottled up this morning? What what, what do we have uh, held in reserve? What is it that we hold so tightly in our hands that, that we need to break the seal on and pour it out on Jesus? Well, last Sunday, I I gave you three possibilities, three possibilities, three possible things that we need to pour out upon the Lord. The first thing we talked about was, was our praise. Praise. And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you have some praise bottled up. Maybe you have been a spectator. You come in here every Sunday and, and you listen and you look around and you watch as everybody else praises and, and you just stand there. But, and you have, you have kept that praise bottled up on the inside of you. But maybe today is the day when you need to break the seal on praise and you need to pour out your praise and not only uh, no longer be a spectator, but become a participator in praise. Well, we talked about if that not, is not it, maybe it's your possessions. Maybe it's your possessions. Maybe you, maybe you have been willing to give everything to the Lord except your possessions. You say, God, don't touch my stuff. I'm willing to praise. I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to come to church. I'm willing to pay my, uh, you know, I'm, I'm willing to come to church. I'm, I'm willing to work. I'm willing to be involved. But, but I don't know about that tithing stuff. I don't know about that mission stuff. I don't know about that giving stuff. Uh, uh, God, uh, I'm going to hold my stuff in reservation. Uh, uh, I'm going to hold on to myself. Maybe, maybe today is the day when you need to break the seal on your possessions and give God everything that you have. Well, the third possibility we talked about last Sunday was potential. Potential. Your gifts, your talents, and your abilities that you have used on yourself, you've used in your, in your work, in secular work, you've used uh, for your family, you've used to, to make a living, you've used, but, but today is the day when you need to break the seal on your potential. Today is the day when you need to pour out your potential and say, God, here are my gifts, here are my talents, here are my abilities. God, this is what I am capable of. God, this is what I am able to do for you, God, and I am willing to pour out my, uh, I'm willing to pour out my potential on you. Well, it could be one of these three. It could be something absolutely and totally different. Fact remains that probably every single one of us here today have something that we have kept bottled up. There is something that we have held in reserve. There is something that we have clutched to ourselves. And we've said everything but this, God, anything and everything but this. But oh, today is the day when we need to break the seal on whatever that might be today and pour it all out upon the Lord. Well, the first thing I see is the contribution, but the second thing that I see this morning is I see the commotion. The commotion, it's found in verses 4 and 5. It says, but there were some, there always is, 
There always is. How many know whether you do or you don't, you're in trouble? I I know if there's a decision to be made, some people are going to jump for joy. (laughs) And some people are going to Facebook. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) If I stick to my notes, I don't get near as much trouble. But it's not near as much fun either, is it? Amen. But there were some. Always is. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, How come the some are always vocal? Well, I'm getting a lot of good stuff out of this I didn't see before. Woo! But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor, and they criticized her sharply. The commotion. What caused this commotion? What was at the root of this criticism? You see, not everybody will understand and approve of your contribution. Not everybody will understand or approve of your enthusiasm and your zeal. So let me suggest three possibilities this morning. Three possible causes of the commotion that we see in verses 4 and 5. And the first possibility is perhaps it was because of their ignorance. Perhaps they criticized because... Of ignorance. You see, people would be less critical if they had a better understanding of the situation. How many times have you heard somebody make a decision and you think, well, that's the craziest decision I've ever heard? The problem is, you don't have the information they have. You may have every key to the Every piece of the puzzle except one, but that one piece of the puzzle is the, pu- the piece of the puzzle that lets you know which direction you ought to go. People would be less critical if they had a better understanding of the situation. Why are we so critical of something when we don't even have a good understanding of what is going on? You see, all that all of these people could see was an expensive bottle of perfume that is being wasted. You see, what they were actually doing was they were actually valuing, they were valuing the perfume over the master. You see, what they were ignorant of was the fact that this woman was anointing the body of Jesus for burial. What they didn't understand was this woman was actually being led of the Holy Spirit. And seldom does the Holy Spirit lead us in a logical 
In fact, as I look back over the many times when God has specifically, I mean just specifically given me instruction at, and that I knew that I knew that I knew that I was, be, that I was being led by the Holy Spirit. Sheldon, if ever, did that make sense to my logical mind? You see, they were criticizing what Jesus actually commended her for. So perhaps the commotion, perhaps the criticism was, was based on ignorance and their lack of understanding. Another possibility they, for this commotion, it might have been because of indifference. Indifference. What's all the hoopla about anyway? Perhaps they were thinking. Somebody, I'm sure, thought, well, this is just a little bit over the top. Perhaps they were thinking, why can we not just sit here and have a nice, quiet dinner? undisturbed, enjoying communion and fellowship with the Master. Why can we not just sit here and have a nice meal? Why can we not be content with just business as usual? Pastor, Pastor, why are you always talking to us about missions? Pastor, what's all the, all the fuss about the care ministry where caring people care for people, Pastor, Pastor? Well, why can't we not just, why can't we just have church? Why can't we not just sit around the table of the Lord on Sundays and hold hands and sing Kumbaya? Why can't it not just be business as usual? You know, it's absolutely amazing to me to look out over a crowd in a church service. I, I'm not picking on you this morning. I'm not just talking about you this morning. I'm talking about any church service. It's interesting and amazing to me as I will look over a congregation during the middle of a church service. And as I look over the congregation, I see some people that are really into it, man. I mean, they are really into it. I mean, they are jumping and they are dancing and they are throwing their hands up in the air. And they are loud and they are boisterous and they are emotional. They're really getting into it. And in the very same service, some are very quiet and reserved. And yet you can tell by the expression on their face, you can tell that they are, they are, they are still, they are, they are much involved as well, just in a quiet and a reverential kind of way. And then I can look out on the same service at the same people, and then there are those that are, that are standing with their hands in their pockets. At, oh, there are those that are standing all with their hands folded in a, in a defiant, hurry up, get this thing over with kind of way. Very indifferent with a what's the big deal kind of attitude. May I tell you what the big deal is this morning? Can I tell you what the big deal is this morning? The big deal is all of us were sinners and every single one of us were on our way to a fiery hell. And there was absolutely nothing that any of us could do about it.
But God the Father said, this is not going to happen to the people I created. Not on my watch, God said. Uh, God said to himself, I've got to do something to stop this. And so God looked all over his great big heaven and he picked out the very best that he had. His one and only son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And God the Father uh, asked Jesus the Son to come to this world and to do for man what man could never ever do for himself. And Jesus the Son, Jesus the Son of God became Jesus the Son of Man. And Jesus came and Jesus lived and Jesus lived sinless and Jesus Jesus took our sin upon himself and Jesus went to the cross and Jesus took our sin upon himself and Jesus paid the price and Jesus took the suffering for the penalty for sin so that you and I could be forgiven of sin and released from sin's penalty. That, my friend, is what the big deal is. This is why I cannot remain passive. This is why I cannot remain indifferent towards my Lord. This is why I break the seal on my praise and I pour it out and I pour it out and I pour everything and I use every ounce of energy that I have and I go to the very, very depth of my spirit and the very core of my soul and I pour out as much praise and as much thanksgiving and as much glory and as much honor upon the Lord Jesus Christ because He is worthy this morning. Give Him a shout of praise in His house today. May I suggest a third possibility for all of the commotion in fa- found in verses 4 and 5 and maybe it's, it was because of intimidation. Perhaps these people were intimidated by this woman and what she did. Perhaps they thought among themselves, uh, uh, she, she has really set the bar high. Uh, what is the Lord going to, be, going to be expecting out of us? And perhaps they became jealous of this woman. Have you ever allowed someone to intimidate you? And, and so because they intimidated you, you... So, so, so you try to, to try to bring them down to your level by criticizing them and criticizing what they are doing. You become jealous of them and so you, so you work to bring them down by criticizing them to, oh no, we would never do that. Verse 5 says, they criticized her sharply. But notice what happens immediately following the commotion. And that is the correction, number three. The correction found in verses six and seven. But Jesus said, get off her back. That's the Benson revised. Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She's done a good work for me. Jesus said, you you have the poor with you always. They've always been and they always will be, Jesus said. And whenever you wish, you can do them good. But me, you do not always have. 
And we understand that the ways of man and the ways of God are worlds apart. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are my ways, says the Lord. God says, truth of the matter is, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I've told you this story before, but my mind goes back to many, many years ago now. When I was pastoring in another city. We were in revival. It was altar time and people were in the altars and I was in the altar. And as I knelt, I kneeled at the altar, I, I, I felt the Lord speak to me. And I heard the Lord say to me, take the bottle of anointing oil and pour the whole bottle over the head of the evangelist. Huh? He was a very refined, dignified, great preacher, but a very refined, dignified man in a beautiful high-dollar suit. And I can imagine the oil coming down off of his head, down onto his face, down onto his beautiful shirt and tie and suit. And something else I wasn't real happy about was I had just built that church. And I saw the big bottle of oil because it was back in the day when we had the big bottles of the, the real stuff, you know, the real stuff. And I could just see a big old spot of oil on my brand new carpet. that I sweat blood to get. I went around and around circles with God on that one. But I picked up the bottle of oil. I walked up on the platform where the evangelist was. And God really, really helped me. Because I'm still fighting. I'm still fighting. And I'm walking up towards the evangelist. And the evangelist stops me and says, Pastor, God just said something to me. I said, okay, what God tell you? <laughs> Pastor, God told me that you're to take the bottle of anointing oil and you're to pour the whole bottle on my head. Yes. I said, Brother Jim, I'm so glad God told you because God already told me I was on my way to do it. I was really dreading it. And I took that big bottle of anointing oil and I took off the, 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 the lid on that and I poured it on the head of the evangelist and I poured it and poured it and poured it and poured it until the very last drop of oil was out of the bottle and onto his head. They running now down on his face, down onto his shirt, his tie, his beautiful suit, down onto his shoes and down onto a big old spot about that big on my new carpet in the church. But when that last drop of anointing oil came out of that bottle. Something happened. 
something happened. Something hit that dignified evangelist and he wasn't dignified anymore. He jumped straight up in the air and he took off and he ran around the church. And when he finally stopped running, he came up and he told the people, He said, I didn't say a word to this pastor. I haven't mentioned a word, but I have been going through a storm. He said, I have been going through a trial. I've been going through one of the hardest times in my ministry and in my life. And he said, when that last drop of oil came out of that bottle, that bondage was broken. And liberty came. We'll never understand. I don't understand God. Why did you have to do it that way? I just, I don't get it. I don't. But why did he have the Israelites walk around Jericho seven times and blow horns? Like God says, you're never going to get it because my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. We are so far removed. God said, as far as the heavens are removed from the earth, that's how far our thoughts and our ways. Listen, you're never going to totally get God. But let me tell you this morning, when God speaks to your heart, and let me tell you this this morning, you better know that it's God. Now, I was a little younger in the day, and I was a little, you know, I'm not, but, you know, I don't know if I could took Jim or not, you know, if he didn't like what I did to him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's always a good idea to obey God. Just make sure it is God. The fourth thing that I find here, and that is the commendation. The commendation is found in verse number 8. Jesus said, she has done what she could. Notice the phrase, she has done what she could. Now there's no doubt in my mind that there was a host of things that she could not do, but there was at least one thing that she could do. Listen this morning, listen this morning, don't let what you can't do keep you from doing what you can. Do not allow what you are not able to do to keep you from doing what you are able to do. Oh, I've heard people say many, many, many times, oh, oh, pastor, if I had two million dollars, I'd give one of them to the church. Well, you got two hundreds. It's easy to say what you'd give if you don't have it. Do you have two hundreds? If you do, give one of them. Listen, never let what you can't do keep you from doing what you can. And I want to challenge something this morning. I want to challenge your thinking in something this morning. Here's the challenge. How often have we said, if we can't do it for everybody, we won't do it for anybody. How many ever heard that? How many ever said that? Well, if we can't do it for everybody, then we won't do it for anybody. Well, that sounds good. Got a nice sound to it, sounds good, sounds right, sounds sensible, sounds fair. We challenge that this morning. Think about it this way. Why not do it for the one you can do it for? Hmm? I said, why not do it for the one that you can do it for? Is it not better to bless just one person than not to bless anyone? Is it not better to help somebody rather than nobody? Let me challenge something else this morning. People say, 
If I had a lot to give, I'd give it. But since I don't have a lot, since I only have a little, I'm going to hold on to it until it becomes a lot. And then I'll have more to give. Well, sounds good. Sounds right. But think about this. Perhaps the little will never turn into a lot until you turn loose of the little that you have. Three amens, that's better than none. That was certainly the case with the little lad who gave his sack lunch of five hot rolls and two fillet of fish to Jesus. You see, as long as the little lunch was held in the hands of the little lad, all he had was a little. And it would never be anything but a little as long as it was held in the hands of the little lad. But as soon as the little lad turned loose of the little lunch, as soon as the little lunch was taken from the hands of the little lad and placed into the hands of Jesus, all of a sudden the little became a lot. The woman in our story, she couldn't do everything, but she could do something. And Jesus praised her, and Jesus commended her for doing what she could. And let me tell you this morning that when we stand before God on Judgment Day, and let me tell you this this morning, every single one of us will. Every single one of us this morning that named the name of Christ, we are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we are going to give an account of what we did and did not do. What we said and did not say. And the motive behind it all. When we stand before God on judgment day and every single one of us will one day, uh, we will not be condemned, we will not be criticized for not doing what we could not do. But let me tell you this morning, let me tell you emphatically, we will be judged and we will be called into account for the things that we could do. James said in James chapter 4 and verse 17, anyone who knows about the good that he ought to do and he does not do it, sins. See, we often think about sin as, you know, we don't do this and we don't do that and we don't say this or that and we don't go here or there. We don't involve ourselves in this. We think about sin. We think about all of the things that we do not do. We shouldn't do. But the Bible says that not only is sin doing the things that we ought not do, sin is not only doing what this Bible tells us not to do, but we do it anyway and that is sin. But the Bible also says that if we know the good that we ought to be doing and we are not doing it, that that in and of itself is sin as well. That sin is called the sin of omission. They were talking about the sin of omission in Sunday school and they asked little Johnny, little Johnny, do you know what the sin of omission is? He said, yes. Teacher said, what is it? He said, that's the sins we haven't gotten around to yet. (laughs) Notice the last thing I see in our story today and that is the compensation. Verse number nine. Jesus said, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the entire world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Let me tell you, friend, God honors those who honor him. The people criticized this woman for what she did. Jesus honored her. 
Jesus said, what this woman has done for me will never be forgotten. Jesus said, oh, this story is going to be told again and again and again and again. Jesus said, this story, everywhere the gospel is presented, Jesus said, the story of what this woman is going to, has done is going to be told. It's going to be told everywhere all over the world. And here we are this morning at year 2013. Oh, approximately 2,000 years after the fact. Oh, and this story is still being told and this woman is still being honored. But I wonder about us. I wonder about us. By nature, I'm a saver. You know that if you heard me t- talk ever since I was a little boy. Whatever I got, I hold on to it. Just hold on to as much of it as I can. Always been a saver. Always, being, always concerned about tomorrow. Having something tomorrow. I'm concerned about tomorrow. One of these days when I, you know, nobody lets me preach anymore, you know. Can't pastor anymore. So I'm concerned about tomorrow. So I'm saving today. I'm not eating it all up today. I'm not spending it all up today. I'm not, I'm not doing it all today because I know tomorrow's coming. And I don't want to be eating dog food when I'm 80 years old. I don't want to be living with my kids because I haven't put a way to pay, pay for me to have a place to stay. I'm a saver. It's just by nature. That's me. I'll tell you something else I'm paranoid about. I'm paranoid about me living my whole life. And dying and standing before the Lord. My hands are empty. My hands are empty. I don't have anything. I don't have anything to give him. And you got this big beautiful mansion. I'm at this little two-bedroom shack over behind the tracks. Because I didn't send anything ahead. I didn't put anything in my eternal retirement account. I'm serious. I'm not playing with you or just preaching a sermon. I'm telling you the truth. I'm trying to live my life. I'm trying to live my life. So not only can I enjoy my life now, not only can I have a few nice things now, and go some places and do some things and have some things and all of that, and all that's well and good and I like it all. And I want to have a little bit of all that too. But listen, my eye is not just on here and now. My eye is over there. One of my eyes is on this earth. One of my eyes is on the judgment seat of Christ as well. When I stand before him on judgment day, and I give an account. Amen? I wonder about us. Are we doing anything of lasting value? Are we doing anything of lasting value? Have we broken the seal on anything of value and poured it out on the Lord? Or do we hold it tightly and clutch it? Ah, mine, 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 mine. Are we too afraid we might be criticized? For being a little bit too radical? Truth of the matter is, this morning we might have to endure the criticism of men in order to receive the commendation and compensation of God. I'll say that again this morning. We might have to endure the criticism of men in order to receive the commendation and compensation of God. If the musicians and singers would get back in place very quickly and quietly this morning, please. question I have for you this morning is who today is willing to break the seal 
and pour out what you have bottled up on Jesus. Who here today is willing to break the seal and pour out what you have bottled up on Jesus? Every head is bowed and every eye is closed today in the presence of the Lord. I have three questions that I'm going to ask you this morning and I want you to respond to them this morning with an uplifted hand. How many of you this morning are here and you would say to yourself and you would say before the Lord, I need to break the seal and and I need to pour out on the Lord what I have been keeping bottled up. It might be one of those three things that I've talked about in this message or it might be something much, much different. But you understand and realize this morning that you need to break the seal and you need to pour out on Jesus what you have been, you've been bottling up. Can I see your hand this morning? How many this morning would lift a hand this morning? I need to break the seal. God bless you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. How many others this morning? I need to break the seal and I need to pour out upon the Lord what I've been bottling up. The second question I have for you this morning, we can begin to play real softly as soon as you're ready. The second question I have for you this morning is I've been allowing, I've been allowing what I can't do to keep me from doing what I can. I've been allowing what I cannot do to keep me from doing what I know I can do. Can I see your hand this morning all over this room today? How many? God bless you and you and you. How many others this this morning and you? You can put your hands down. How many others this morning? I've been allowing what I cannot do to keep me from doing what I can. The third question that I have this morning. It's not actually a a question. It's a response this morning. And the response is that I am willing to let go of my little and watch God turn it into a lot. Is that you today? I'm willing to let go of my little, the little bit that I have, whatever it is this morning. I'm I'm willing today, as of today, I'm willing to Let go of the little bit that I have so that God can turn it into a lot. Can I see your hand? God bless you all over the room. How many others this morning? How many others today? Would you stand with me this morning? God, I just pray this morning for each and every one today. God, each and every one today, if the ushers will get in place this morning. God, I just pray for each and every one today that lifted a hand this morning. It doesn't matter what they lifted their hand for today. God, those that are here today, Lord, and they need to They they need to break the seal on something and pour it out on you today. Give them the the courage and the faith and the determination to do it today. God, those that have been allowing, Lord, what they cannot do to keep them from doing what they can, God, I pray that they will be willing today, Lord, to do that which they are able and capable of doing as of today. And God, I just pray for all of us this morning, Lord, let us be willing today to let go of the little bit that we have in our hand and turn it over to you so that it can become a lot. Hallelujah. In just a moment, the ushers are going to be coming through the congregation. We're going to be partaking of the Lord's Supper today. We're going to be partaking of the emblems. So be ready when the ushers come by. Go, guys. The ushers come by, take the emblems. The Bible said before that we partake of the Lord's Supper, we are to examine ourselves. You need to give you a moment to examine your life this morning. If there's anything in your life that's not right, if there's sin in your life, if there's something you know that's not right, if you have a bad attitude, something in your heart that's not right, unforgiveness, whatever it might be today, ask the Lord to forgive you. Ask the Lord to cover it and wash it in the blood of Jesus. Prepare your heart.
before we partake of the Lord's Supper this morning.
Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 11 and verse 23. Paul writes and he said, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Can we just thank him this morning for the broken body and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you today. Father, I thank you that you were willing, Father, to send your one and only Son to come to this earth and to do for us what we could never ever do for ourselves. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you were willing to come, to live as man, to lay aside your rights and privileges as being God and take upon the robe of flesh and become man in every way, in every sense of the way. Thank you that you lived your entire life without even one sin. Thank you that, that, that you went to the cross. Thank you that you took the sin of all mankind, of all past, present, and future age. All of the sin that was miraculously placed in the cup of Gethsemane. You were willing to drink of the cup of sin. You were willing to die and pay the price and penalty for sin. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you empowered the Lord Jesus Christ not only to live a life above sin and reproach, but also you empowered him on the third day to come forth victorious over death and over hell and over the grave. And I honor you, Heavenly Father. I, I honor you, God the Father. I honor you, God the Son. And I honor you, God the Holy Spirit, today. Hallelujah. You may partake of the bread and of the cup and do it with thanksgiving this morning. Hallelujah. If you can pass your cups to the nearest aisle, the ushers will pick them up momentarily. Also, can you just lift your hearts, your hands, and your voices to the Lord and give Him praise and give Him glory and give Him honor and thank Him today. Thank Him for all that He has done. Thank Him for all He's doing. Thank Him for all He is going to continue to do in your heart and in your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we are officially dismissed this morning.